It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the uh, programme, it certainly is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. And when the Christmas lights start appearing around our towns and cities, you know that Christmas is only weeks away. And yesterday, the Christmas lights went on in Cork City. Now, we've been discussing it this week on the programme. There wasn't an official switching on and the council executive were just fearful because over the last number of years, the numbers attending the switching on of the Christmas lights in Cork had been building and building. And I think the last large event just before the pandemic, I think they reckoned about 50,000 people had attended and they reckoned on health and safety and the cost that's involved in making sure that everybody is safe when a large crowd like that turns up they decided this year look we'll just switch the lights on there won't be any big fanfare now they have sort of said the executive has said they'll take a look at it again next year and see if they can organise some kind of event because there was a lot of disappointment in the city particularly families with small children who really wanted to make kind of a, a day out of it and getting children into the Christmas spirit but the papers are picking up this morning that uh, the lights were switched on last night Patrick Street along with Oliver Plunkett Street, Tucky Street and the Grand Parade all lit up with almost seven kilometres of energy efficient LED Christmas lights. Now that's not all. There will be more switching on of lights and more lights uh, going up over the coming days for example at Upper Lane, Paul Street, Academy Street, French Church Street on Carey's Lane and uh, the lighting is provided as always by the Cork City Council along with the Cork Business Association and they work with traders and community associations. There's a total of 60 Christmas trees have been installed across the city and the suburbs and of course the much loved crib that will be returning to the lock in the coming weeks as a lot of the traditional is still very much in the city and uh, suburbs. And the other big event that's been happening for the last number of years in Cork City is the very popular event Glow. And Glow this year is a Cork Christmas, it's always a Cork Christmas celebration at Bishop Lucy Park, but it's the story of the 12 days of Christmas that will be brought to light over the four weekends in the run up to Christmas with the return of the drummers, the dancers, uh, the golden egg laying geese and of course the iconic Ferris wheel that will also return to the Grand Parade. And it 
is opening not this weekend following weekend will be the first weekend November the 25th and then every weekend thereafter up to uh, Christmas so certainly beginning to feel a lot like Christmas in the city and there's some lovely photographs on, on in the paper especially the one on the Irish Examiner under the heading he's the ball mafia and it's a photograph of little Oshin Robinson at the Christmas tree at Cork City Hall and uh, he helped out the Lord Mayor Deirdre Ford for the just pressing of the button they still had a little ceremony where they hit the button and all the lights uh, went on so now the lights are officially on in Cork City and actually if you around the county the lights are starting to go on you can see them going up in many of our county towns and from around this weekend onwards and certainly across next week and into next weekend you'll have all of the switching on of the lights and it just gets that nice festive atmosphere going I don't know how many households have started to put up their Christmas trees yet because some people do some people like to get them up nice and early and I know of I know of certainly one friend of mine who put her tree up last uh, weekend but she's always one of those ones that does it account around, around about mid-November to me that's always just a little bit too early 0818103103 a problem that we have with bus drivers and trying to get bus drivers and I don't know what it is I don't know why as a career people don't want to become bus drivers why bus drivers have left the uh, profession and why we're not able to encourage younger people to become bus drivers but it is a problem we've known about that it's been a problem certainly I think since after the pandemic we started to see that we were having problems but I even think even pre the pandemic for school bus drivers I, I can remember doing interviews over the years with bus companies uh, saying that they were having problems trying to recruit bus drivers so I'm reading the front page of the Times today that non-EU bus drivers could be permitted to work in Ireland for the first time and this would be in an effort to try to tackle this recruitment crisis within the industry the Department of Transport it seems now they've gone into negotiations with the Department of Enterprise because of course it will be the Department of Enterprise who will issue visas to see if they if there's some way that they can secure work permits for drivers from outside the European economic area by adding the profession of bus drivers to the list of critical skills that are in short supply in the state and indeed it's not just here in Ireland it seems to be across the EU and what has happened in recent weeks is that the Minister of State Damien English wrote to a training and recruitment company which was seeking visas for drivers on behalf of bus companies to say all applications for permits from non-EU drivers would be refused because they're not on the list of roles that's in short supply. So it's got to get added to that list before the visas can be handed out. The National Transport Authority, they then subsequently wrote to the Department of Transport seeking for them to intervene in order to afford bus companies the opportunity to try to recruit outside the EU for bus drivers because they have work available they just don't have the drivers to drive the bus the NTA Dublin bus and the private operator go ahead they all appear before the Oireachtas Transport Committee last week now they were hauled in to answer questions in relation to poor quality of bus services this was within the uh, capital and they were specifically being grilled about the fact that buses were being cancelled and there was excessive delays for other people standing around waiting for a bus for a bus and all of the three organisations that were before the Oireachtas Committee all three 
three of them said, look, we have a problem. We have the buses, but we're having recruitment difficulties. And that's a major barrier for all of the bus companies in order to maintain the services. And it isn't just Dublin. Bus companies all over the country are struggling to recruit drivers. So T&S Training, they're a Tipperary based uh, driver training and recruitment firm. They say that they are looking for work permits for bus drivers from South Africa who are willing and want to come to Ireland to work and that there's a bus company who runs services from regional cities to Dublin. They have already spoken to these bus drivers in South Africa. They'd love to come to work uh, here. These companies have the jobs for them, but they can't get the work permits. Now, the, the int- what's interesting about bringing over South African drivers, firstly, they're all experienced drivers come from South Africa. Obviously, they all speak uh, fluent English, but also the big plus about getting drivers to come in from South Africa, they drive on the same side of the road as us. So that would make their transition from the roads of South Africa to the transition uh, of Irish roads much uh, easier. The bus company in question who's trying to recruit these South African drivers um, was at, uh, had, had sought the non-EEA drivers and that was after putting many advertisements with little or no return here in Ireland. They did look at home first to see if they could re- re- recruit bus drivers. They then looked to mainland Europe to see if they could recruit bus drivers. But it seems right across Europe there's a shortage of drivers. So a spokesperson for the Department of Transport has confirmed they're now in talks with the Department of Enterprise in relation to the potential inclusion of bus drivers onto the critical skills list. So if they can get them onto the critical skills list, that means them that those drivers and the companies looking for those drivers can apply to get the permits for the uh, drivers to work here. And just staying on the topic of buses, certainly good news on a topic that we've addressed on the programme before. People who need to get from Cork City to Kinsale or Kinsale to Cork City uh, and anywhere in between. There's been problems with delays, buses not showing up or buses showing up and they're full. People have been left to stand out in the rain. Well, Kinsale Connect, that's uh, they're they operate uh, the private bus company uh, West Cork Connect they are starting Kinsale Connect and they start operating the daily routes now it's not going to happen until the new year it'll be from the 9th of January the new routes will mean no one will be left behind again and will particularly benefit college students getting to and from lectures and that's a quote from the uh, spokesperson for West Cork Connect, Damien Long. Damien says Kinsale has been suffering for a while. It's been a major problem. He said, we've done this before where we've come in with lots of routes and you will never hear of anybody missing a bus. He said, if we have 50 seats booked, what do we do? We just put on another 50 seats. We can make decisions, he said, very quickly. We can double up capacity when we uh, need it. And he says now when Kinsale Connect on the road from the 9th of January, no one will ever again be stuck for a seat going to or from Kinsale. He said they've invested a lot of money into an online booking system and there's computers on on board all the buses. So once you've booked your seat online, you are guaranteed that that seat will be there for you no matter what. Damien Long said the biggest beneficiaries will be the college students. He said they've had it really hard. They've um, they have had some of the particular ones from Kinsale have been leaving Kinsale for the city centre. Then they have to get onto another bus. He said we're going to s- save an hour off 
most of their journeys every day and a half an hour when they're going home again in the evening. The Route 228, they'll operate an hourly service from 9.30am starting at St. Patrick's Quay in Cork and then ending in Kinsale. Travel times of one hour and five minutes. The last bus will leave at 7.30pm in the evening. Bus stops along the way then will include Washington Street, Western Road, Wilton, Ballinhasic, Five Mile Bridge, Riverstick, Belgooley, Bridgeview and then ending in Kinsale Town Car Park. So certainly some good news for people who need to travel to and from Kinsale into the city and well done to West Cork Connect who are just a fantastic company who appear to be going from strength to strength long may it last. A couple of emails into Patricia at c103.ie uh, The first one is in from Michael and this is to do with his electricity bill. He said, Camilla, anybody please explain to me what these rural charges are all about and uh, Mick has sent me in a copy of his electricity bill and on it are the uh, standing charges and his standing charges in a rural area that come to in total, I think that's over a two month period of uh, 64 uh, euro. Now on average a rural household is charged it's about 46 euro more per year compared to a household in an urban area you'll pay the same amount for your uh, electricity the units are charged the same for urban and rural it's just the standing charge is higher if your home is in a rural area and of course the question then that Mick and others will ask why is it more expensive for a standing charge in a rural area urban and rural is determined by the location of your property and it's assigned by the ESB networks and they say rural customers must pay a higher standing charge as it costs more to supply electricity to properties that are further away from the net and if you're scratching your head saying I didn't even know that there was an urban a difference between an urban and a rural standing charge and which one are you paying and what area you're actually uh, in you can find out what region you're in if you take a look at your latest electricity bill and under the NPRN number you'll see either DG1 or DG2. If it says DG1, it means you're in an urban area and if it says DG2, then you are in a rural area and if, like Mick, you're in a rural area, then unfortunately you're going to pay more on your standing charges. Them's simply are the rules. 0818, galling I know, 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group, promoter, Home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie At a Cork County Council meeting this week, a motion was passed to call on the Minister for Transport to undertake a review of the present road closure notices with the existing road closure system described as not fit for purpose. The motion was proposed by Fianna Fáil Councillor Frank O'Flynn, who joins me on the programme this morning. Good morning to you, Frank. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, listeners. You're very welcome to the programme. Now, certainly in the North Cork area, there are a number of roads closed while road construction work uh, is underway. What problems are those closures causing? Uh, absolutely help for the local residents and for the people who live in those roads. Now, we welcome the, the, the long overdue works. They led the, the, the long struggle to succeed. That's the water like the clock um, road that, 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 that's being realigned uh, at the moment and the work is going, is going ahead. Uh, the, the contractors are making great progress. It's long overdue and it's much needed. That's on the N73 from Mitchellstown to Mera, Patricia and listeners. The main, major issue we have with the residents is that the roads locally are absolutely being destroyed. As all the road closure notices, traffic is still travelling along the, the narrow by roads, which are not uh, 
which weren't built first day, they had these heavy pressures and the heavy lorries, especially the roads in Shamblemore, uh, Kildallery, Donwell, parts of Castletown Roach and Lambert. It's absolutely hell at the moment for the local residents because the, the road closure notices are not working. The heavy lorries are still going down those long, short roads, absolutely destroying the surfaces, destroying entrances, destroying drive. Some residents are telling me they're living, it's like living in hell. They can't even get onto the road. And, the and are, those, are those heavy trucks, are they going down those roads uh, to try to cut time off their journey or is it to do with the problem that we highlighted a number of weeks ago where the sat-nav was sending traffic the wrong way? Well, that's happening too but some of them I said uh, would be strange drivers some would be first time on the roads and quite a lot of them wouldn't know the, the local road network it's, it's, and all of us cross like you know it well there near Mellor there's a road uh, Trojan horses there it's down a bit further the local I've, I've uh, monitored myself the lorry's just passed on as if it didn't dare at all what I'm saying is that the law at the moment is not on the side of the road closure notices we're actually told at a council meeting that those lorries if they wish they can actually travel those roads and as everyone knows those roads are not suitable suitable and they were not so, the, so you're saying the diverted routes is just a suggested diverted and route that's, that's what it looks at, at the oh. moment and we are told even I asked for a flag meant to be put at Oliver's Cross another one there over the, the Charles Road and one in Mitchestown and we are told that the flag men all he can give is advice he can't it's not actually official or legal to stop any lorry going down I've met some of the drivers and if they knew that they couldn't go down those roads and the condition them the long narrow roads especially on Shamblemore and Gildalry the roads at the moment Patricia are absolutely destroyed it's going to cost an absolute fortune and I reckon I've been driven them there's up to about 80 to 100 kilometres of road network involved and I was told recently by our senior engineer that the Carcony Council do not have the necessary funds ah. to renovate those roads and we're talking about a couple of hundred thousand because, because I was just going to ask you do we now need a commitment that roads that get damaged because of the diverted traffic that they'll be dealt with next. That's exactly what I look for at all my three meetings. I look for it last Monday. I look for it last Tuesday at the area roads. That Now, the engineer said to me, Frank, we'd love to, but we just don't have the funding. So we've also uh, asked Cork County Council to seek special funding to put these roads, roads back in the same condition. Local people are absolutely, their lives are in danger. Uh, the speed, especially, of the trucks going down those roads. They're going day and, and night. There's entrances destroyed. There's waterway destroyed. There's roads network destroyed completely. I never saw such roads in such a condition in Shamblemore, um, with absolutely all the ways from Meadstown over to Shamblemore is absolutely destroyed at the moment. Local residents are absolutely their lives are at risk. And there's going to be a serious accident because on some ca- uh, occasions, two heavy lorries and lads have met in the roads and they've taken hours to get through them. But I personally feel is the present uh, road closure notices that we have in this country and I proposed and I got full agreement and it took quite a lot a big discussion at the council that we have to change the law and make them more legal if you have a road closure notice you can put a flagman there and he can stop at the moment we're told the only person that can actually stop a lorry going down the road is actually the guardie now we don't have enough of guardie in Narcock available to man all those roads but definitely is, as you said there Patricia the big cost here is going to be who's going to repair the roads yeah, after yeah. and who's going to pay for them and, and you know the argument whenever there's road closures or whenever there's delays because there's work underway we're always told look it's a case of short term pain for long term exactly. gain but what you're saying it's more it's more than that it's much you more know, than that you this know time. That everyone knows and everyone in the residents know and we are delighted that these works are going ahead and the contractor is even working Saturdays and Sundays to get them through as fast as possible while the weather is good and everyone is local 
incidents. But at the same time, is this there's a lot is going down from childhood, Patricia. Instead of going on to Mella and on to Fomai, they're, they're, they're coming back through Donwell, back through Blue Cross, down narrow by roads. And the driver said to me, if they were aware of these conditions of the road, there's no way whatsoever they'd go those roads. So the present road closure notices, signs and conditions are not effective. And, and, and in other words, this, the present system is not fit for purpose. And I'm calling for an overhaul of the road closure notices. The Minister for Transport is involved in this. So for this time and for future, I personally feel a flagman should be put at those roads and he should have full control to stop those heavy lorries who have no business whatsoever going on. Now, local traffic is allowed. Milk collection is allowed because it's an ambulance, a fire brigade. No problem whatsoever. But the amount of traffic that's going down those roads, we have a certain road near Chamblemore. It is known as the Bog Road. It's not called the Bog Road just because, and it's very wet, narrow, two big ravines, you could say, at either side. There's going to be a large lorry going there. The road at the moment is, is a dot track. Okay. Those roads no, that couple, were built, a, a, were not put there for this present. Yeah, and, and that's that what a couple of our listeners are pointing out. But also, a couple of our listeners are pointing out about should there be better road signage. Danny in Chambally Moor says yes, those roads were never designed to take the big lorries that are on them at the, at the moment. But some uh, lorries are ending up on that road because the drivers say there's not enough signage in place, or the sat nav is sending them. A lot of our country roads were never designed to have that type of traffic travelling on it. Amy in Mallow said she had to travel to Mitchestown last. Last week, she was aware of the road uh, closures, but she feels it doesn't state it clearly enough at Oliver's Cross that the road is closed. She said you can still see people driving up that road. And she reckons one of the problems is that what often happens when there's road works underway, there'll be a closed road sign which should have been removed because the road is actually opened. So people take a chance and drive up these uh, roads. She thinks the signage should be better, much more clearer and maybe even have a flashing light sign. Uh, so do we need to look at the signage for the road oh, closures? Without a doubt. And we have flashing light signs at Oliver's Cross and in Mitchelltown and over. We have them. But in some cases, uh, I, I would be uh, that they're actually in the wrong position. And there's actually as a turning off the road. Now, all road closure notices, you have to allow local access. Local access. But an ambulance... Yeah, that's why it can't be closed off can. completely. But it has the same to be, time yeah. is, I personally feel a flagman should be put in position. It was we had a flagman at Oliver's Cross and he didn't have the authority, and we're told to get the town. Okay, frank. that's that's what needs to change. That if there's diverted roads, you must go on those diverted roads, un- unless, as you say, it's for local access. And local residents were suffering. Someone told me they're living in fear, and the amount of traffic and the speed. They have to be taken into consideration as well. And the long term is this. In the time, scarce funding, we all know the budget and the high cost. We, I, I'm not calling that we have to have those roads fully uh, brought okay. back to the original and we have to seek funding. And the manager told me in Cork County Council, engineer Eric uh, Brindle Garman, we haven't got the funding in our Cork. So we've already flagged it to ensure that we will get the funding to bring those roads back as soon as they're... Because the, that road alignment work, that's going on until March of next year, isn't it? Well, normally, uh, listeners and Patricia, normally a road closure notice takes the next three or four weeks or five weeks that they don't actually uh, use the full... Uh, All right, the time so they might open earlier. Because if okay. they open earlier and there's an issue... Well, let's keep our fingers in. crossed. OK, I've got, we've got to leave it there. Listen, uh, Frank, I know it's an issue we will return to again. In the meantime, thank you for that. Thank and you, thanks uh, for joining us. That is... North Cork Councillor Frank O'Flynn. Cork Today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And I'm just waiting for a connection for our next interview. 
That is not and on it has it has connected. Okay, as we discussed a number of weeks ago on the programme, St Joseph's Foundation is planning to open an equine therapy centre on lands donated to the charity just outside of Canturk. The new centre will be similar to the Liskinet Equine Centre, which is currently catering for around thirteen thousand children every year. To discuss the horse boy method, which is used in Liskinet and will also be available when the Canturk Centre opens, I'm joined by Rupert Isaacson, who is the founder of the therapy. Good morning to you, Rupert. Good morning. Thanks for, for having me on. Well, it's great. It's great to talk to you. I suppose for you to explain what the horse boy method is, I need you to take us back to how you developed it. And it was your own son, Roan. Uh, he was diagnosed with uh, autism. Did you fear following that diagnosis and were you told that he would perhaps never speak? Yeah. Interestingly, um, it was the day of the week that his speech therapist gave up on him um there was a team of them um that he began to speak when he was on the horse with me um so it was interesting because i had been in a bit of a state of of panic and you know bewilderment um and then suddenly i had this tool and at this time i didn't know that there was a structure behind it that could be turned into a method i just knew that it was working so I went with it and the language came relatively quickly. Um, but it was ironic that it happened the very week that his speech therapist team gave up on him. And it was by because you're a horse trainer by profession, but it was it was it was a neighbor's horse that Rowan connected with, wasn't it? Correct. It's another irony um, that although I'm a professional horseman, um, I was keeping him away from horses. I thought he wasn't safe around them. Because uh, he was so impulsive, you know, and um, it it was following seeking out the mentorship of a very famous um, adult autistic writer and scientist called Dr. Temple Grandin, who told me to follow his interests and just literally follow him physically to see what he wanted to do. That I ended up following through the woods. We started doing foraging expeditions because he wanted to put stuff in his mouth, and I learned the edible plants and things like this. That was when he spotted my neighbor's mare. Now, luckily, I knew this mare very well. I knew how quiet she was. So when he went and formed his own relationship with her, I knew that I could, you know, follow him with this mare. Um, And then everything went from there. And how quickly did speech follow? It's really interesting. Um, Within days. um, So first, he just wanted to lie on her back, you know, while she was grazing. And all of his agitated behaviours would just go away. And I would keep a hand on him, you know, so that he wouldn't fall. And he just became very still and very quiet, sort of lying on her. Um, and I thought, well, what about riding with him? Then? You know, he had some echolalia, but no, um, no, uh, what we call appropriate speech. And um, so he could, you know, sometimes he'd repeat things that he'd heard, like an advertising jingle, or half of a Thomas the Tank Engine uh, phrase, or something like that. But never like logical uh, speech. When we, I was in the saddle with him the first time, we were riding down towards a pond and uh, he saw a big heron, a big blue heron got up and flapped away and he said heron. Wow. I didn't know he knew that word and I realised, oh my gosh, he's talking. Wow. Okay, I need wow. to follow him. That's yeah. a, a really yeah. a really special memory and, and, uh, and a special day. And, and as best you can, it, it's to do with the, the hip, the rocking motion of the hip when you're, when you're on a horse. Yes, exactly. Um, 
what I subsequently learned, of course, at the time, I didn't know this, the science behind it. I just knew that it was working. But what I subsequently learned after observing it working so well with him and then with others was that um, when you rock your hips in rhythm, and of course, riding a horse in a soft rhythm does this to you because I could create these soft rhythms on the horse because it's safer. Um, I noticed that that's when the speech really came. And the reason is, is that this makes your body produce a hormone. And this hormone is called oxytocin. The happy hormone. Oxytocin, it's the, it's, yes, it's, people know it is the happy hormone. But what they also don't know is it's the communication hormone. It makes you communicate. And it's tied up with our reproductive system so that um, two people, if they're going to make a baby, basically, um, get flooded with a communication hormone which makes them want to problem solve because as we all know who are parents, the uh, making of the baby might be quite fun, but the stuff that comes later might be quite challenging. And um, you definitely need to be able to strategize and communicate in order to meet those challenges, particularly if you think about it in a wild setting, a wild hunting and gathering human setting where there's lots of predators out there that want to eat your kid. So um, we have it inbuilt in us to produce this hormone um, through things like rocking, dancing, any social um, stuff, uh, deep pressure touch. There's many, many things that will produce oxytocin, but the rocking of the hips is the main one. And of course a horse can do this for hours on end and very powerfully because they have so much power in their hindquarters. So I had stumbled into a way of producing enormous amounts of communication hormone inside someone who wasn't motivated to communicate. That's really what autism means, uh, locked within the self, auto in Greek means the self. So yeah. autism, autoism locked in the self. So suddenly you've got this person who's not really motivated to communicate, flooded with communication hormone and happiness hormone, and boom. And suddenly wants to communicate. And is, is the horse boy method suitable for all autistic children and adults, do you believe? Absolutely. Um, what we do is um, when a child becomes too big to sit in the saddle with us, because that's you know, that's how I developed it with my son. We then move to either driving the horse in front of us in long reins, where we can again create this rhythm with the person on top um, when they become older, or walking at the horse's shoulder and collecting the horse in a specific way that creates the rhythms. We, what we never do is lead the horse by pulling it by the head because that creates the wrong rhythm. Um, and you don't really get the good oxytocin effect that way. So we train people how to do this. And then we train people how to feed information in, in a way that the child or even the adult doesn't really know that you're teaching them anything. They just seem to be having fun and you follow their interests. So if I know a kid is really into the Lion King or Minecraft or something like that, I'll tail it all around that and I'll cut out the little figures that they like and I'll hang them in the trees and we'll go on a treasure hunt and suddenly I'm speaking their language while filling them with communication hormone while filling them with happiness hormone and then I can start feeding in all kinds of information about math science anything and one of the things what we generally find is that people often think that uh, autism is an intellectual disability and it's actually not um, there can be intellectual disabilities alongside an autism sure but in general, people with autism have an intact intellect. It's just behind a bit of a locked door. And it's the oxytocin that really gives you the, um, the, the key to that door. To release it. And that's how it happens. What about the horses? Do the horses need any specific training? Yes, they do. You have to put the horses through quite an evolved 
um, basic dressage training, um, mostly on the ground um, with lunging so that they build a lot of muscle because to collect themselves and hold themselves in these dancing rhythms, a bit like dancers, they need more muscle than normal. And um, then you teach them certain exercises that help them bring their hind legs under their point of gravity. But anyone who is a professional horse person, and most of the people that learn horseboy method are already equine therapists, mm. they are, you know, they already have a basic idea of how to do this. We just give them another set of tools. Okay, it's 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 absolutely fascinating. And Rowan, your son must is he twenty early twenties now? He will be twenty one in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's a bit mind blowing. Happy birthday to him! And how is he doing? Okay, I'll tell you a story. Um, but when he was at his most severe, I had this crazy vision of arriving at an airport. This tall young man, taller than me, I'm looking up at him, meets me in his car, and we go driving away and it's him. And I thought, how, how is this ever going to happen? This kid is incontinent, nonverbal, tantrum. Last year, I arrived in Austin, Texas, and a tall young man met me at the airport. I'm looking up at him as we walk out to the car park. We get in his car to drive away his car, and it's him, it's Rowan. And I real, I'm realized, oh my gosh, that thing, it happened. So he has his own house, he has his own car, he's in college, he flies back and forth across the Atlantic by himself, he started a part-time job in nature conservation, he's rolling. Does he still love horses? He does. does and he? I, I, he, now, he still lives in Texas, I live in Germany, I maintain a horse for him there, and I have a, a team that's trained who he works with there. Um, and he now helps me on trainings, he's even helped me in Ireland um, in last month in October. In Dublin, he helped me um, do some trainings explaining to people who are professionals or parents what's going on inside the autistic brain. So he's really becoming a professional with this. And, and that's fantastic for parents, I think, who are particularly parents who are just starting out on that autism journey to meet somebody like your son, uh, Rowan, because they see all of the potential and all of the possibilities. And I know you are part of a team that are going to be talking next Monday night at uh, Skullmuir. It's the National School in uh, Canturk. It's, uh, it's to do with the Canturk Residential and the Equine uh, Centre that's going to be developed there. And it's an information and it's a question and answer session as well, isn't it, Rupert? So if people have questions, they can come along and, Correct. and ask ba you. Basically, what's happening is we're, we're creating this in, in, in conjunction with um, St. Joseph's Foundation. It's really St. Joseph's Foundation who are doing this. Um, uh, as a public resource, as something that's there for the, for the people of, of County Cork you know, to use. So we want to educate them in the methods, um, there's also something called movement method where we do exactly the same thing without a horse, which is in some ways even more useful because you can do this in the home. And we're going to inform people, let people know what the resources are at the center and um, how parents can get trained to do stuff at home as well. And just how to um, work towards ameliorating these very big challenges, which I know lots and lots of families in County Cork are facing. OK, listen, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, you're an amazing guy. Continue good luck with your work, uh, Rupert. And thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today. It's my great pleasure. Thank you for Good having morning me to you. Bye-bye. Uh, Rupert Isaacson, as I say, is going to be part of a team of people who will be addressing that meeting. Skullmuir National School in Canturk next Monday at half past seven. And it's an open public meeting if you'd like to go along and find out more about the residential and equine therapy centre that they are hoping to develop in Canturk. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862.
person in a rural area pay, pays on the standing charge compared to the uh, urban area. Now that's per year, that's not per uh, bill. 0818103103 and then staying on kind of fuel and fuel costs, I suppose. Uh, Jim says, Patricia, I have to tell you this regarding the fuel announce that was announced in the budget last October. Was a great, was, was the new changes to the fuel allowance and the extra money to be given out to fuel allowance uh, recipients was announced with great fanfare by Micheál Martin and the rest of the government ministers. He also changed the amount of money that you can earn or have in order to qualify for fuel allowance. But we, what he forgot to tell people at the time of the budget was this was budget 2023 and that it wasn't budget 2022. It now turns out it won't come into effect until November of next year. So if you were expecting great help from the government this Christmas then sorry for your troubles. But I have have to tell you that by next November we will have a new leader i.e. Leo Varadkar will be uh, Taoiseach he will be back in charge I'm fearful now that he will be telling us next October that he's changed the amount of money back to what it was so like my old mum used to say live horse till you get grass I've never heard of that saying live horse till you get grass anyway uh, yeah we discovered that I have to say Jim very quickly after the budget was announced we discovered that the new means testing for the fuel allowance isn't coming in until the 1st of January. Now, I'm going to have to check it out. I thought maybe they might pay half year fuel allowance to people, but I, I'm, I'm bowing to your superior knowledge because I, I take it from your detailed text. You've checked it out. So for people, this particularly people over the age of 70 who weren't entitled to a fuel allowance because they had, say, a private pension and they're only allowed to turn, I think it was €120 Euro a week from the private pension. That goes up for the over 70s. They can earn €500 Euro a week extra from the 1st of January and then they will be entitled to the fuel allowance. But Jim is right, the fuel allowance season kicks in from November through to uh, March. So while people will apply in January, but they'll then be eligible for the fuel allowance from November of next year. I'll get it double checked, but you're pa- I, I, I take it you're right in what you are saying. But yes, it didn't get on the day of the budget. They announced they were changing the means testing, but the the sting was in the tail that they didn't say it wasn't for this year it was for uh, next year 0818103103 and someone else has a cautionary tale to tell that is worthy of a mention and this was prompted by me mentioning that the lights have gone on in Cork City and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and Christmas is just around the corner and lots of people are doing their Christmas shopping etc etc well this is Trish I heard you talking about Christmas I just want to warn people about online shopping if an offer seems too good or the website gives you any concern at all then please go and check out the website you can go to a website called trust pilot and on that you're able to read reviews about the business first and i would suggest that everybody does this says this texter the reason why i needed to get orthopedic shoes i decided to go online I found a website that did say .ie. Lovely items for sale. And I said, terrific. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Spent 80 euro purchasing my orthopedic shoes. Now, the first thing that happened was they took six weeks to arrive. And when they did arrive, the quality was simply so poor. It looked like I'd made the shoes myself. They were absolutely unwearable, to be honest. So what did I do? I complained. They wanted to know exactly what was wrong with the shoes. In the end, 
persevered. I did manage to get a refund, but I only got 70% back. From the reviews I read after I made my purchase, it seems that a lot of people have been very unhappy with this particular website. The .ie made me think it was local and made me think that it was an Irish website. Avoid being, please avoid being scammed by reading online reviews uh, first. I'm also noticing there's another one uh, popping up and when you say popping up, I'm assuming this is popping up on social media sites. So great Facebook is great for ads popping up. Uh, this, the, the listener is talking about one about fluffy beds when she's checked out the website she, fluffy dog beds and when she's checked out the website she's not uh, too happy that's the advice that is always given and actually I might get on to John Paul we might do a piece about that from the consumer affairs point of view about people and I think this year because people are really watching the money that they have to spend so an ad pops up you know you're scrolling through Facebook Instagram uh, and you see this ad and you see something that you're looking for and it seems to be half the price you pay locally or half the price you'd pay at a well-known recognised Irish website and you think oh this is a fantastic offer but the system is right if it's if it's too good to be true alarm bells really should start to ring that checking out reviews I've more times I've looked at something and I've checked out reviews to discover lots of people complaining about it and straight away people are, are complaining that the product didn't arrive or what arrived was nothing like what was described then you know, straight away just back away from it completely and yes having the, the they are allowed to be outside of Ireland and I don't know how they how they the rules can't be changed that if it is a .ie website that it is only an Irish based website but for some reason they can get around it that we might try and see if we can do something on that just to give advice to people particularly between now and Christmas with people buying more and more stuff and as I say just because people are trying to save money people have a tendency to go for what they think is a great bargain but it might not be a bargain at all if what you receive turns out to be absolute rubbish if you've got any examples of items that you did purchase that the picture looked the description looked completely different to what arrived in the post and then what happened when you tried to complain did you get a full refund I mean to only get 70% uh, back was a bit galling indeed 0818103103 reminding you that we're asking you to send in calendars if you're involved in any charity calendars or local community based calendars that you're selling to raise money for your worth uh, for your local cause get them into us so we can give a mention and we'll give as many plugs as we can to the different calendars now I did get a note in uh, to say the Munster lost and found they're the pet helpline who do amazing work they're going to be selling their Christmas cards and their calendars at Five Points Cafe in the Marina Park this Sunday and Daisy who's the most gorgeous looking looks like a kind of a cross some kind of a Jack Russell cross I imagine Daisy features on the front of the calendar for 2023 and Daisy is going to be there in person to meet the people on Sunday so if you are around the Marina Park on Sunday Five Points Cafe will be selling the Christmas cards and calendars on behalf of the Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline uh, good luck to them with that 0818 103 103 C103 Jobs with the new Charleville Nursing Home find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers Qualified hairstylist is wanted for a full or part-time position that's in Heavenly Hair in Glanthorne what a gorgeous name for a hair salon one to two years salon experience please 083 043 
5968. Charleville Plant Hire, they've got vacancies for two plant mechanics, please. You do need to have some previous experience. Their number is 087 3285111. Osborne Recruitment are currently looking for an accounts assistant slash bookkeeper. It's to join an established and well-known company based in Mallow. CVs please to karen.obrien at osborne.ie. And a full-time dog groomer and a part-time kennel helper all wanted at Harry Hounds. Harry Hounds are based in Churchtown. Their number is 87 2246207. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 the Minister for the Environment, Climate and Communications, Eamon Ryan, has travelled to Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt to lead Ireland's dele- delegation for the concluding week of the COP27 conference. The Minister has said that urgent action is required to protect our planet and our people from further climate-induced devastation. A very honourable pledge, but it isn't sitting well with everyone when media reports at the weekend stated that the Minister was flying to Egypt with a 55-strong delegation. West Cork Independent uh, Dáil Deputy uh, Michael Moynihan is one of, uh, or Michael Collins, my apologies, is, is one of them, and he joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Hey, good morning, Patricia. Now, Michael, have you any idea what the climate footprint for a team this large will be? Well, um, first of all, there was there was um, 400 jets flew in from all over the world to Egypt. Now, obviously, that was probably one from Ireland, or maybe two, I'm not sure. Um, but 400 in total. So every leader came in uh, with, uh, on a jet uh, on their own and probably flew it, and maybe further ministers followed on because it's going on for a week or two. But each uh, each person on a private jet apparently carries a half a tonne carbon per person. And, and a, a very well-educated farmer uh, told me that one farmer, uh, he, he, what he said to me is that each jet caused more damage on that flight in than he would do damage on, a, on what he calls a, quite a big farm in 10 years. So you can well imagine now uh, flying in 400 jets, you'd wonder, was there an easier way? Was there a better way to carry out this? These are people that were going over to, to Egypt to tell us to all climate, to squeeze our bills when it comes to uh, climate action, and which quite a lot of us are doing our best and suffering quite a lot for doing so. And then with the extravagance and this lavish and this nonsensical kind of extravagance that uh, that did more damage to our climate than any other any other uh, probably conference that ever took place in, in many, many years. And of course, we uh, outside of the carbon footprint, uh, the costs associated uh, with uh, COP27, when we've inquired, they'll be available after the conference. We won't find uh, we won't find out in advance. Now, we have we have reached out to the Department of the Environment for information on exactly who's travelled. They haven't responded yet. Have you any details of who travelled with, with the I minister? I've done exactly what you've done. Um, all I do know is that there was uh, the Taoiseach, uh, Simon Coveney, Eamon Ryan. Now, I presume these are all at different times, and min- these are the ministers, and Minister Colin Brophy. There was 55 other officials. Now, what I've asked, very, very clear to the Department of the Environment, was there any Green Party members? Was there any Green Party constituents belonging to Green Party TVs invited? Apparently, we were told department officials, uh, officials from agencies, 
climate, I haven't got an official response, this is slightly unofficial responses, climate campaigners, staff and students in universities, charitable organisations, these were made up the, the strong party of 55 that went with Minister Ryan. Um, now, I don't know who entered the Taoiseach initially, and I don't know who did Minister Covey or Minister Ryan, uh, sorry, Minister Conborofi. Huge amount of people, like, and uh, what we were told from media reports of people that were there, and I was keeping very close eye, obviously, because we're supposed to keep a close eye, we're supposed to be educated. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. By these people. Um, beef and chicken and fish and dairy were, were on what they call, and bottomless cocktails were on the menu at $125 a pop. Now, and again, so the farmer that's listening to this and, and, and maybe the fisherman is trying to fuel his boat or the farmer that's been told cut back 25% in his cattle um, and, and to hear beef is on the menu, there's not seem to be any worries uh, when these people meet and, 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 um, and sit down around the table that they can sit with some lavish food. This is a very serious issue, uh, Patricia. And, yeah, but one, know, one, one minister is making the point, um, and I'm assuming this is someone in the know, to say that the last time Eamon Ryan uh, went to uh, what would have been COP26, he had, uh, there was 80-ish people were the number in the delegation. So he's down to 55 this year. So he's act, it's actually been reduced, considering he's representing Ireland and the EU in negotiations. I consider representatives from the Taoiseach, Department of the Environment, Foreign Affairs, Transport, Finance, Chagas, Irish Aid, Met Aaron and the EPA, all mission critical, considering they are hashing out effectively an international agreement. I mean, and I don't think you're, you're not taking away from COP27. It's just, it's almost like it's the optics of it. 
it's the optics of it, yes. And I mean, 55 people is a lot of people to have uh, around you, um, you know, and who, who's picking up the tab? I presume the state is picking up the tab on this costing tens of thousands. Like, you, you accept that ministers and the, and the teachers have to attend these uh, very important uh, occasions, wherever they be. But, and, and obviously, you'd expect an official or two at the most, but mother of God, 55. Yeah, people. and the, so, the other thing, because as you say, there's 400 uh, jets in total. They, I mean, we're a small country bringing that t- crew. You can imagine how many went with all delegations, went with all of the other countries. And I mean, did we not learn anything from the pandemic? A lot of these meetings can be done um, online. I mean, do do all of the world leaders who attend conferences like this, particularly a conference on the environment, do we not look at do we not have to look at how we organise these global conferences into the future? Yes, and that's what I said during uh, the week of the dog. Surely some of this could have been done, you know, with the world leaders and leave it at that. But it looks to me as if all cabinet ministers were flying out different times and different uh, days to attend with different people. Yeah, because they ran over two weeks. They, they weren't all out there at the same time. So they, they couldn't have all gone on the same plane. Absolutely. Minister Ryan is still out there. So he had gone at a different time to, to the teachers. And I presume Minister Coveney at a different time. But what I, what I can't understand is that we're everyone and we're all doing our best and everybody is and we're paying very heavy prices through cabinet and tax and different to try and tighten our belt. It reminds me of uh, Charlie Hockey telling us a number of years ago to tighten our belt and he wearing a £5,000 shirt on, on his back at the same time and people felt the Char- that. Knew the Charvet shirts. God, I'd forgotten I, the Charvet yeah, shirts. And I, I have a situation, like I told you the last day, that I have a man who uh, wants to go to a market to sell his bag of turf and he's been told, and you told me to come back to you on that, and I'll give you the answer we got from the Minister for the, the Department of Environment sent under the regulations not permitted to sell turf by the way of internet or other media from the retail premises. This includes shops, garages, filling stations, fuel yards, public houses, and other public places, which would include the market. So that man can sell one bag of turf to the any cock, but they can fly 400 jets, can eat lavish food at any cost to the state, doesn't matter what the environment, no issue there whatsoever. And people don't see and don't read through that, and they should read through that because we need to get the message home. If that's the question to the Minister of Environment, immediately ask me who attended, what was the need for all these officials, what was the exact cost. Uh, obviously, I can't figure out what they were eating. I can't bring it out everything, but someone must pay something, and certainly the state is picking up the cost here. Okay, and, and as I and say, we'll, 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 money out there, like we'll find out after, after the conference uh, what was the, the cost. Patrick uh, in West Cork says this is the same minister who banned turf production and then imports it from Lithuania by boat and truck. It is all uh, senseless. And Michael, just want to have you on the line because I heard you on the 11 o'clock uh, news there. Uh, there's a bit of trouble for the people of good people of Jersey Island, isn't there? People that need to get out to Jersey Island, particularly those looking after animals. There is, and, and, and there is residents. Uh, well, there may not be many residents. There's still residents on Jersey Island, and they're 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 in a very unfortunate situation because the inclement weather has always been an issue there to take a ferry service in and out or, or a boat in and out there of any sort, small or big, uh, because of the dangers there, and that's why the cable car was put there in the first place. No, unfortunately, in the, well, like I spoke to, to people there early on in the week, they hadn't been able to access fresh food or whatever for up to two weeks. Now they had stuff in freezers, and that's what they were trying to live on. But the, because the ferry was unable to access the the because of the bad weather, weather, yeah, yeah. Now it looks like it looks like the, the cable car has, uh, you know, the, the completion date has been suspended to to a point because of the they can't finish works on the island because they can't access the island either. The, the workers can't so. 
I, what I was asking for is quite simply, if there's anywhere else, there'd be a helicopter service laid on. Now, there is a derrick on the island that the, the residents are asking, could it be repaired so that they can access something that they can hold their boat when they get out onto the mainland? But there's a, a huge danger there at this time of the year, and the, the cable car always alleviated that danger. That's not there at this present time, will be in the future, but for now, they are very much stranded uh, on the island and they're asking for a, a helicopter service. Now, the Tarnish said to me yesterday, I raised in the door, the Tarnish asked me by saying that he'd look into it. Obviously, he wasn't fully aware of the, the recent circumstances. And in fairness, um, Mr. Leo Varadka said, uh, said that he would look into the matter and, and come back to me. Okay. I haven't got right. no response back yet, but it's, a, it's an urgent issue. That oh, absolutely. To, uh, particularly for two weeks, they haven't been able to access a fresh food. Crazy situation. Keep us informed on that, uh, Michael. We leave it there. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That's Independent Dáil Deputy for West Cork, uh, Michael Collins. We were speaking earlier about diverted traffic on the N72 when I was talking with Franco Flynn and how the minor roads are getting absolutely destroyed because we know the work that's going on on the Mallow to Mitchelton Road, we know it's badly needed, but the problem is the diverted traffic now are ending up on roads that were never designed for some of those large uh, trucks. We've just had a report in telling people to please, please drive careful on the N73 detour, the detoured part from Shambal- to Shambalimore from Kildallery and back to Mallow. As there's serious mud and potholes, there's been two incidents already this morning. Uh, so that's something ironic in that and we were only discussing it on the programme this morning so please drive with extreme care if you're on that diverted uh, routes 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text you can whatsapp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. As we come to the end of week two in this year's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, the general public are starting to decide which of the campmates they like and who are the ones that they detest or perhaps are annoying you. Our entertainment correspondent, uh, Crossy, once again uh, joins me. Good morning to Crossy. Good morning. These weeks are flying, aren't oh, they? Unreal, unreal. Now, the tide is turning, dare I say, on Matt Hancock, the former UK health correspondent, who definitely, when the word went out that he was going in, was going to be the, the most hated campmate uh, ever. <laughs> and the tide is really sort of, it's turning, isn't it, on him? And we only spoke about this last week. This is going to happen. People are going to see a bit more of his real side. And I think by putting him on every single trial was to the detriment of people that hated him because it, there was more screen time for him. There was more kind of like you see the human side of him. And I think that's what's ever happening. And I think if you watch the end of last night's show last night, they opened up the phone lines to who to uh, they want to keep in. Now, I'd say the reason why they did what was, if they go, who do you want out, they'll all go Matt Hancock. But if you say who you want to keep in, that means you have to vote all these other people and not vote Matt Hancock. And will people actually vote Matt thinking they want to get rid of him when they're actually voting him oh, to keep him in? I, 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 know I watched it last night. You get night. what I mean? I so, do, yeah, I do. And I, I, I got to put my hand up. I thought you were voting for who you wanted out. So I, I didn't no, even no. realise that. Who you, yeah, it has the who do you want in. 
and that's the thing. So it's very it's very interesting. Usually when that happens, it means that there's somebody big in there they don't want to get rid of. So they're going to try their best to keep them in. And how do you do that? By saying, who do you want to stay in? So who are you voting to save? Ah, so. and, then, and then what will happen is, is one of the contestants who's really kind of just flown under the radar and hasn't really featured much, they end up not getting a lot of votes and they'll end up getting kicked out. Yeah, that is it basically. And it's a it's a clever way to keep people in that people dislike because it's all like, what, there's 12, what, 11 camp mates in there. You're hardly going to vote for 10 to get rid of the other one. So <laughs> it's up to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be pure luck tonight. But as you said, I think it's somebody who's kind of been under the radar. I think maybe Mike Tyndall. For part of me feels like Mike could be in trouble tonight. Oh, and he's, to me, he's one of my top three. I think he's doing remarkably well. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in there now on the same wavelength, you know, when it comes to popularity. I think Boy George has got a lot of, um, a lot of people have been talking about Boy George this week. Scarlett, I think, is great because she's kind of annoying Boy George to a point where we're going to see an all-out row next week if she survives tonight because bit by bit she's chipping him down. I don't know if she's tactively doing it, but the radiator incident, everyone knows Boy George okay, is in go, jail go, for yeah, four go, months. But yeah, go back, go back to that. Why? Because yeah. I've been watching her thinking that I, I didn't think she was deliberately annoying him. I thought he was being oversensitive. But his reaction to the discussion about his arrest and uh, jailing, I when I initially watched it, I was thinking she kind of half heard a story and didn't really know the full story and decided to quiz him on it. He took real offence to it. And I thought, you know, it was a bit much from him because he's been grilling Matt Hancock ever since he came in. So in my head, well, if you're going to grill him on things that he doesn't want to talk about, surely to God, we can grill you on what you don't want to talk about, which is the incident of, for your listeners who don't know, he was in jail for four months out of about 15 months. He got out in good uh, behaviour for... Um, he basically chained some fella to a radiator and it, you'll find the story online. It's a, it's a bit graphic. But anyway, he did, he did time. He did it four months. And he's always said, I did my time. I am very sorry. Let's move on. But everyone knows that story, but they don't know the full part of it. So if you were in the jungle, I think it'd be the first thing, the first question I'd ask him. Will you tell me the story about the radiator? Because we all want to know it. We all want to know what actually happened, you know, without the newspapers, without the media reports. And he lit on her like he absolutely and utterly lit on her. And I was going, uh, maybe you probably shouldn't have. And I, I think she did it in a way now. She's trying to get her name for herself as in be that that person in there that's going to cause a bit of controversy I think it could work to her advantage uh, because uh. people will now start looking at her and uh, I did a deep dive then just to find just to remind myself of the boy George case and of course he was technically right when he said there wasn't a radiator there wasn't a radiator he handcuffed that young lad to a bed That's that, that was the yes. only difference in the story everything else though was true he was trying to make out he did absolutely nothing wrong uh, he didn't um, Chris Moyles the former Radio 1 uh, DJ is he allowing his ego to take over a little bit? See do you know what? I, I used to listen to Chris Moyles quite a bit. That's him. Like that is his character all over. And I think he he his radio show that he has in the UK right now, he is that person, that loud mouth fella at a bar that says, I'm great, you're not good, I'm brilliant, you're useless type of person. So I I think it's his character. And I, I thought maybe you're not gonna really see that in there because he can't be like that all the time. I, I'm borderline liking and disliking him. Do you ever get like that with yeah, somebody that you yeah, watch in one episode? Yeah. Oh, 
no, he's good. And then you're yeah. going, oh, no, you're not that good. I kind of felt Sue Cleaver hasn't been in it that much this week. From as much as I wanted her to be in. Eileen's yeah. Carnation Street. Yeah. And whenever she's on camera, she's just adorable. She's brilliant. I, I really like her. And I think maybe the campmates are getting a, that side of her in there that we're not seeing. Um, like, I'm just going through everyone here now. Poor Baba Tunde. Oh, my. Like, <laughs> every time he's on screen, I feel sorry for him. Last night's trial where he'd all the frogs in him. And I remember on episode one, he had said his biggest fear in life is frogs. frogs. And what did he go into? Frogs. A lot of frogs over his but head. Isn't, isn't, that's <laughs> the biggest mistake you can make going in time as celebrity. That when they get to the, to the pre-production stage and they ask you your fears, lie through your teeth. Tell them you love frogs. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, I can't yeah. eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, who else? <sighs> sorry, say that again. You're going down through the list of the other the other contestants. Yes, sorry. So Charlene, you know, hasn't really had a good week this week. You know, at the start of the week, there was a bit of aggro as well with Boy George. I like the way she kind of analyzes people. And I feel like she's she can see because of her journalistic background what's going well, what's not going well. And she is asking the questions that we all probably want to know. I know especially around Matt Hancock as well. Mm. She was asking a load of questions about him. I'm still loving Jill. I just think Jill is great. The lioness, there's yeah. something really kind of fun and happy-go-lucky about her. Um, yeah, I know Mike see, Tyndall now just, with his uh, budgie smugglers that he's been wearing. Have you seen them this week? I, I, yeah, he's and, been and, using and, quite and, a bit. and he's more than one. I thought maybe the, when he the first <laughs> pair just said, oh, look, there's one random pair that he's packed. But he seems to have a collection of them. Well, they're a massive, massive brand. Um, I swim in the 40 foot up here in Dublin um, in the sea most days. And there's a couple of fellas and they're all got six packs and they're all, I say they're all rugby players jump into the sea every day wearing these budgie smugglers. Oh, okay. It's a brand. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, is he getting paid behind the scenes a lot of money for these budgie smugglers? Because if you follow them on Instagram and on Facebook, the brand keep on talking about Mike Tyndall. They're all, ah. Mike's wearing a pair of ours tonight. Um, but yeah, look, they're colourful, they're funny. It does make him stand out a tiny bit, doesn't it, when he's in the water? And when he, and, told, uh, look, when he told the story about wearing the boxer shorts with nibble my nuts when he slut-chopped in front of oh. his mother-in-law, Princess <laughs> Anne, who said, I'd rather not. I was kind of saying, OK, maybe the bungee smugglers are probably better than the, the boxers. <laughs> and you know what? Hearing a story about the royals that is a bit more real than what if you've been watching The Crown over the past few days, it's probably a bit of light relief because you can kind of see a human side into the royal family when Mike's just there saying we were at a 30th. Like, I can't imagine them at a 30th birthday party with, you know, volivants and cocktail sausages and goujons. You know, <laughs> you kind of think they're a bit more high tea. Let's celebrate it with afternoon tea rather than a couple of cocktail sausages. <laughs> OK, and so who who do you, OK, who call it? Who do you think will go first tonight then? Oh, I think it could be Mike or Sue. Oh. I don't want it to be them. But I think it could be Mike or Sue. And then for the win? Uh, for the win, Jill. I Jill. think Jill, especially with the World Cup happening this Sunday, I think uh, people in England are going to go full on football again. And I think they'll give a bit of love to Jill as well. So I would say that's going to happen. OK, so we, we, the, we will possibly have an, an elimination a night now. Will we over 
of the two. next couple of nights will have yeah. an elimination every single night. So this is it. Like, there's only one more week left of it. I know. It's I know. madness. I know. It's absolutely madness. But it's you know, it's a good at nine o'clock every night we can sit down and all watch it. Listen, I'm watching the clock every night. It is my guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, oh my God, get boy George out. And I can see that's the thrust of the calls coming in. It's all boy George. Yeah. And just on, on Jill, I have to say the mammy in me wants to feed her. She's very thin. Oh. She's very thin. She is, but she's been playing football all her life. Since I know. And I, I read an interview today, six years of age. Yeah. Mental. And she's tall as well. And of course, she hasn't got a lot of food in her uh, at the moment. Listen, Crossy. I can give her a bit of my ways if she wants. <laughs> she can have half. She'll still need more. Pleasure as always. And we'll chat to you again next Friday. But thanks for that. Have a good week. Talk to you Thanks. next week. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 That's our entertainment uh, correspondent uh, at our Dublin radio stations, uh, Crossy. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103, we're always trying to give you more ways to win and we have our wonderful competition coming up. We really have a wonderful competition. I'm not allowed to say anything because all is going to be revealed next Monday morning. So tune in to Ken on The Breakfast Show on Monday morning and he'll give you all of the details. All I can tell you is that our next big competition, uh, if you win on it, well, the plan is that we will hopefully have your Christmas covered. It's a fantastic prize and uh, prizes and uh, you really want to be a winner uh, here so we get all the details here on C103 with Ken next Monday morning and when I come on here I'll be able to talk about it then as well so make sure you're tuned to C103 now some of your thoughts coming into us uh, this morning we were discussing uh, COP27 but in particular what has annoyed some people and it was Michael Collins the West Cork Independent Dáil Deputy was really annoyed to discover that Eamon Ryan who's gone out to you know lead the campaign for Ireland in COP27 uh, COP for the second week he has a delegation of 55 people and and that's not sitting well with Michael because of the, you know, they all had to fly, obviously, out to uh, Egypt and they're there to discuss climate and having this huge conference in Egypt. All of the world leaders, all of the countries represented. What is that doing for our carbon uh, footprint? Somebody says, Patricia, climate in Ireland is only a joke. They will say one thing and then they will do the exact opposite. And I know Michael was very much talking about it from farmers point of view because whenever we're talking about climate change and what needs to happen with our emissions a lot of the finger of blame is pointed at farmers and he was certainly quoting from some farmers he was speaking with who were annoyed that you can have people going off on jets and yet the finger of blame always seems to be pointed at uh, agriculture and Michael says hi Patricia I can't help but think of one of the yes prime minister episodes particularly the one where, where Sir Humphrey was telling the minister to have a smaller delegation when the queue was halfway around the plane 55 people travelling from a country so small over to Egypt is simply and absolutely crazy. That's from Michael, one of our listeners. Thank you for that. We were discussing fuel allowance earlier on and this is the week that the, f- the extra fuel allowance payment has been paid out to people. There's a bonus payment this week, €400 Euro for people with the fuel allowance and the living alone allowance that an extra 200 is paid out. And I know people on disability, uh, blind pension, etc. They're getting an extra 500 and this is all part of the government trying to help out with the cost of living. But somebody says, Patricia, not everyone gets fuel allowance. My daughter is living with me and because she's working and remember fuel allowance is a means tested payment and because my daughter is living with me her income is taken into the income of the household and because of that I don't uh, qualify yet she has all of her own bills to pay and she's trying to save for her future. Now she does help me out but I have to be honest I really am still 
struggling. Here I am today. I've got one bag of coal. That one bag of coal has to do me until next Thursday when I next get paid and we'll be able to buy another bag of bag of coal. Yes, we're hearing lots of people who are already entitled to the fuel allowance. They're getting their additional money this week. And you know something in my area, I seem to be the only one that has smoke coming out of my my chimney. And yet they in other households are complaining that they haven't enough. If they got the lump sum, if I got that lump sum of 400 euro, I'd have been delighted. I'd have gone straight to the coal man and bought eight bags of coal. I also feel that this bonus payment for the fuel allowance shouldn't have been given out in cash. They should have instead given it out in vouchers. Vouchers then that you could redeem for coal or blocks or oil. Um, I, I disagree with giving it out in a lump sum of money because if you give it out for money it can be spent on other things whereas if it's given out as proper fuel vouchers that can only be spent on fuel it would ensure that those people who get fuel allowance certainly won't be cold. I think it's a disgrace that they're giving it out by way of uh, cash. Um, and you also have some people saying that they don't have enough. They can't warm their house at all. The whole system is really, really unfair. And as we mentioned, because Jim, one of our listeners, uh, pointed it out, there's changes to the fuel allowance. And I don't know. It'll be worth your while applying again come the 1st of January because there's changes to the means test for the fuel allowance. So, you know, with the new allowances, you might just get it for next year. But as Jim, one of our listeners, uh, pointed out, it won't come in for a full year because even though it got announced in the budget in October it was budget 2023 and the fuel allowance kicks in for budget 2023 in November so it will be a full year from when it actually gets announced but Jim then has the additional worry that the Taoiseach will have changed which is going to change in December of this year from Micheál Martin to Leo Varadkar and he's fearful and if it's going to be a new finance minister as well there'll be another budget before the payment is paid out for the changed means testing and he's fearful that will the new Taoiseach and a new Minister for Finance, will they change their mind and change the means testing again? And he made, he said, it reminded him of what his mother said, which was live horse and you'll get grass. And and I had never heard that saying before. I didn't know what it was. So somebody has pointed out to me that what that saying, live horse and you'll get grass, means, although there's plenty of grass available, the horse can't have it until sometime into the future if it lives long enough. So that's it's a saying I'd never heard of before. I love hearing old sayings like that. So thank you for that, Jim. And thank you for the listener who pointed it out to me, because as I say, I was unaware of it. Now, Colin and Butterfant, I oh, by the way, I was somebody, another one of our listeners was issuing words of warning for people who might be tempted to buy items online because they think by getting the items online that they're cheaper. And a cautionary tale from the listener who went to buy some orthopedic shoes. The website said .ie, but a subsequent turned out the company wasn't an Irish company at all. It was overseas. It took six weeks for the orthopaedic shoes to arrive. When they arrived, they were very shabby. They'd cost 80 euro, which was cheaper, obviously, than if they'd gone to buy them here in Ireland. And they thought they were getting a great bargain. Of course, they weren't getting a great bargain because the shoes were so badly made. She couldn't even wear them. So then she had to get into negotiations and fight, really, to get a refund. And even at then, she only got a 70% refund. So she was using it as word of warning to people to check out. If you do come across a website, check it out. Look at the reviews about that website and really, you know, dig deep into the company that you're parting with your cash for because it's your hard-earned cash. And if you're buying something, you want to make sure that you're getting what you actually thought you signed up for. And if it's too good to be true, 
then I would say run for the hills. But that led, and then somebody else, sorry, sent in a text saying that they got caught on one of those uh, websites, thought it was a general website, lost 150 euro. And, you know, with the cost of living crisis, 150 euro is a lot of money to lose. Column in Buttevant then has a kind of a different problem when it comes to doing something online. He needed to renew his wife's car tax. And of course, with everything like that, particularly anything come from the government, we're encouraged to do everything online. So Colm decided, now he said he did admit that he needed a bit of help doing it because he's not very au fait with doing things online. So he got a little bit of help. He had his bank card at the ready and filled in everything that needed to be filled in online. And then when it came to the stage where the payment would go through to the motor tax office for the car tax, it said that it was going to get referred back to the bank for verification. Now, anyone who shops regularly online will know that all, nearly every single transaction now you're doing, that happens. You get referred back to your bank. The bank then will ask you for, in my case, it's always three of my personal access numbers uh, and then they will send on to my mobile phone they'll send me on a code that I then put in that's the verification from the bank and then whatever you're purchasing will go through online and I actually was doing at home I was doing my husband's car tax last week and the very same thing came up on the car tax so when Paul Cullum and Buttrand was doing the same thing all of this popped up but he said the problem is they said they were sending an alert to his smartphone and to the banking app he says he doesn't do online banking and he doesn't have a smartphone and he said what happens to somebody like me Uh, I would suggest can you contact the tax office over the phone and could they take the car details over the phone from you and I'm sure it certainly will happen with other people they might have a bank card but if they don't do any banking online then that and that alert system is coming up for everything including now anything you're dealing with with the government as well so you're I, I don't think you're the first column to face this problem nor will you be the last 0818 103 103 let me stay on electricity charges and email in to patricia at c103.ie saying hi listening to patricia this morning friday talking about electricity charges i wonder could somebody answer me this i've got a friend who is a landlord he has two flats under one roof and has a landlord meter for emergency lighting and four more in another block all of it designed for emergency lighting so there's two landlord meters which are costing over €2.20 a day per metre. He's now discovered that there is no electricity credit, you know, the €200 electricity credit that everybody's getting this month, and there's two more of them to come into the new year, and there was one given out earlier in the the year. That electricity credit is not for these, is not for my friend who's the landlord, because the company who he gets his electricity from says it is a business. Is there any help with that? Please don't call out my name. No, there isn't. And we did a a check there just to find out the electricity credits. It's only for domestic meters. And the fact that, okay, your friend is a small landlord with just the the two flats. But unfortunately, that is still deemed a business. He, He is making money from renting out the properties. So no, businesses are not getting those, the, the electricity credit. The people living in the properties, the, the people he's renting out the flats to, obviously they have their own meters, so they'll certainly be receiving the credit, but no, he's not entitled to it. And can anybody offer advice to Breda in Donorail, please? She has what she describes as an old black iron kettle. I'm thinking in my mind 
the big heavy cast iron kettles is that what it is I've one of those in my garden with some flowers planted in it but our breed is I'm planting flowers in it in Donnerell she's using she uses it to heat water she says what she's now noticed is there's a lot of lime all around the inside inside of the kettle she says look we live in a high lime uh, area with very hard, hard water so the lime has just built up but she's wondering how can she get rid of the lime bearing in mind that it's an old black iron kettle because I know for electric kettles you can buy you can buy a product inside in the supermarket but and you put it in and you boil the kettle with this product in it and you boil the kettle it takes the lime away could you do the same on a black iron kettle or I take it the reason you're asking is you're afraid that it'll damage the iron and I don't know if it will or not. So does does anybody has that? I don't know how many people are still using black iron kettles. I'm picturing it breathing down rail on top of a range and it simmering away in the background in a lovely warm kitchen. Anyway, if anyone has advice for breather, how to get a build-up of lime from the inside of a, an old black iron kettle. Your thoughts welcomed, please. 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Duke is going to They're hosting a special commemorative event for the centenary anniversaries of the sad and tragic deaths of Sean Hales and Dick Barrett. The event takes place tonight at the Clonakilty GAA complex, given the fact that both men were locals, as well as the interest in this tragic period of Irish history. Duke's Clonakilty Heritage is expecting a large attendance. Can Talk Cancer Bereavement Support Group for Adults continue their meetings uh, during November and December in Fomoy Community Resource Centre and the Kayla Family Resource Centre in Mallow. If you'd like more information, you can call or text 089-239-0863. The Women's Shed in Mallow. They're holding a pub quiz in Hickey's Bar in Drumahan tonight at half past eight. Ten euro per person and all proceeds will go to the Lakela House in Mallow to raise funds for a Christmas party for less fortunate children in the area. If you'd like more details, call Elizabeth 087 687 2206. And Newmarket Girls School Parents Association, they're hosting a fun and family-friendly rock and roll bingo. It's on tonight in the Highland uh, in Newmarket. Admission is free. Bingo cards will be on sale on the night. Tickets for a monster raffle are also available to purchase locally. And we'll, the doors will open at 7 tonight. Bingo is also on in Mallow GAA Complex tonight, 8.15. Jackpot, €3,700. And Michael Collins is playing in Kilbehany Community uh, Centre tonight, Friday the 18th of November. Dancing is from 9pm. Admission is €10 Euro and teas will be served. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. And Breda in was back on about the old black iron uh, kettle. And I, I, in my mind's eye, I had it sitting on top of a range. She was back on and said, No, it hangs over the fire. Oh, wonderful. Uh, but it's got all the lime on the inside. Uh, somebody says, Tell Breda to boil vinegar in it and it's safe. No ket- kettle. So it's a win win. It's a natural way to get rid of the lime okay there's there's a suggestion somebody else reckons the product that you can buy 
in the supermarket should be okay to use as well but you really need to rinse it afterwards I think I'd go with the natural one the vinegar give the vinegar a go didn't know the vinegar got rid of lime inside of kettles would it work for ordinary kettles as well I'm assuming it would thank you for uh, that okay on Colm in Butterfant who is trying to renew his wife's car tax uh, trying to do it online doesn't do banking online and when he got to the stage of putting the card payment to get it p- the payment to go through they wanted him to refer back to the bank and wanted him to go online and he, and he didn't have access to any of that and he doesn't have a smartphone in order for the bank to send him the verification number Anna uh, says uh, I don't I suggested could he ring the tax office and could they do it over the phone Anna says I don't think the tax office will accept debit or credit cards over the phone but says Anna Here's the solution. If he goes into his local bank, a staff member may be able to assist him with telephone banking. I know somebody with a similar problem earlier this year. They went into their local AIB bank who were ever so helpful and helped the person to renew their car tax. Maybe give it give it a try. All right, that's really good. And one I hadn't thought of. You see, that's why we need banking staff available to talk to people. Thank you for that, uh, Anna. On fuel allowance, um, Jim in Balancholic says, good, uh, good afternoon, it's all very well for the woman who suggested that the fuel allowance should be handed out in fuel vouchers for coal and firewood, turf or oil, etc. That's all well and good. But what if you live in a house where the only way of heating your home is through storage heaters, as I do? I can't put coal or wood into a storage heater, says Jim in Balancholic. So, well, could they come up with electricity credits instead then, I wonder, uh, Jim? And someone else says, I totally agree with that lady regarding the fuel allowance. It shouldn't be handed out in cash. It's an absolute joke. It should only be given out in vouchers to be spent only on fuel. It's the same with children's allowance. You can be a millionaire with four children and you'd have received over €1,000 when they gave out the double payment for the children's allowance. You could go on holidays with that, not to mention free books, etc. next year and free GP cards if your children are younger. Very unfair. The government needs to cop themselves on. They need to look after the people who really need it. Uh, not giving it out to everyone and well the government have always defended it saying the universal payments is the easier way to get to get it out to everyone was certainly the excuse used for the electricity uh, credit and there's always the argument that the child benefit is the only benefit that's paid directly to the mother directly for the children and therefore they will always leave that as a universal payment Hi Patricia are carers getting uh, an extra uh, payment they are but they're not getting it this week there's a 500 euro extra for the cost of uh, living it's a one-off additional bonus uh, payment if you're on carers no if you get carers support grant you'll get the 500 euro paid but that's not getting paid until next week i know the living alone allowance the fuel allowance the working family payment the disability allowance the invalidity pension the blind pension they all received it this week the week beginning the 14th of November but the fam- the carers support grant that's the only one that's been held off until next week so an extra 500 euro if you're getting the carers support uh, grant um, I have read that one Let's, let me see I'm just trying to get through as many of these I have so many coming in okay I want to get to a couple of uh, emails and notices that I have had in Mallow Search and Rescue they are coordinating a collection of humanitarian aid it's for mental health facil- facilities in Ukraine Our temperatures will fall to minus 20 degrees 
over the winter in Ukraine and we know if you're watching the news every day the electricity supply is so so uncertain over there so Mallow Search and Rescue are urgently collecting blankets sleeping bags duvets and warm winter coats you can drop them off at the Mallow Search and Rescue headquarters at Broom Lane every Tuesday evening between 7pm and 9pm and they are continuing to do that to try to get as much of those warm blankets and as I say they're specifically trying to help out mental health facilities in Ukraine good luck to Mallow Search and rescue there and can I wish the best of luck to Sandra Maybury who uh, I think it's this evening it is this evening uh, she's written she's written and published a book about her parents her parents Sonny and Mary Maybury it's a book deeply rooted in West Cork and especially Dunmanway and she's hosting a book launch this evening at the Parkway Hotel in Dunmanway at 8 o'clock and all are very welcome to attend and all profits Profits from the sale of Sandra's book about her parents will go to the Irish Community Air Ambulance. Such a worthwhile cause. So if you're in and around the Parkway Hotel in Dunmanway, 8 o'clock, and the best of luck to Sandra Maybury writing a book about her parents, Sonny and uh, Mary. And Kofa House, that's the Cork Old Folks Friendly Association. Would you believe they are celebrating their 50th anniversary and to mark 50 years of service Kofa House are opening their doors to members and volunteers past and present from 3 to 6pm tomorrow or not tomorrow tomorrow week Saturday the 26th of November they're inviting people to come say hello at Kofa House Kofa House by the way is on Church Street which is just off Shandon Street and they are particularly want to reach out to past volunteers and past members and their families to share the occasion with them. COFA has been a totally voluntary led association for 50 years in Cork. They have an emphasis on friendship and support for the senior citizens and they're working together to combat loneliness and isolation by creating friendships and providing a social centre for a range of activities and supports. Isn't it incredible that an organisation that was set up 50 years ago to combat loneliness and isolation that we need it today, don't we? As much as we needed it 50 years ago. And a couple of people have on saying, Patricia, you can't close the programme without wishing John, Aaron, Lauren and Sarah all the very, very best in the final of Ireland's fittest family next uh, f- next Sunday. They, are, they hail from Ballyclaw. The whole of the parish are behind them. And you can't see it. If I was on TV, you could show it. I actually have a piece in front of me that I worked on this morning before I came on air to make sure that I would give a huge, huge shout out to the Finnegans from Ballyclaw. They are the only Cork family in the final to host the title of Ireland's Fishes Family. And of course, as we heard earlier in the week, it's looking like this is a programme that RTE are going to axe, which I'm really disappointed if if this is the last year of it. So if it is, it could be, they could be the last winners of Ireland's Fishes Family. And of course, they've got a Cork coach. The wonderful Dunica O'Callaghan is their coach. Four families left in the final, the 90-minute finale next Sunday, half past uh, six. And it is a series of gruelling fitness trials on the mountain in Kildurry. The uh, fitness mad Finnegan's who are representing uh, Cork, they are, there's Aaron 19. According to Dunica, he loves playing football for his local club. Ballyclaw. He's also in the army. Dad is the Ironman, John. He loves cycling, running and adventure racing. And then the youngest of the twins, they're 14, 15, my apologies, Sarah and Lauren. They're excited to be taking part as they were too young to do it previously because the Finnegans have been in it in a previous year. And they have, according to Donica, excellent strength, 
flexibility and they're like grasshoppers. <laughs> I love that. So the best of luck to the Finnegans. They're up against Davy Fitz's Nugents from Louth. And of course, Anna Geary has two teams. She's got the Gallagher's from Donegal and the Fitzsimons from uh, Wicklow. On next Sunday, the families will take on Mountain Madness. Uh, and also an, o- an old show favourite back against the wall. That's where they have to sit and hold that position. It's the most painful position to try to hold. Then the bottom two will face an eliminator. Then three em- remaining families will then take on a brand new event, the gruelling wall of pain. And then two families will make it through to the grand finale. So the very, very best of luck to the Finnegans from Ballyclaw. As one texter says, the whole parish is behind them. Can I say the whole of the county is behind them. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Mentioned the Finnegans taking part in Ireland's fishes family. Somebody has said, Patricia Singh, as you mentioned the Finnegans, will you wish the best of luck to the twins, Sarah and uh, Lauren? They're playing in the under 16 county football final with Mornabi against Glanmire on Sunday. They're still in the minor, cha- minor championships. They are amazing athletes. And thank you for that. Good luck to the girls. And a number of people have pointed out that uh, vi- the vinegar in the kettle to get rid of the lime, you can leave it soak overnight or you can boil it. But if you leave it soak, overnight it works a treat Mark Malone our movie reviewer joins me good afternoon to you Mark afternoon. will your tea not uh, taste the vinegar though uh, yeah well yeah <laughs> but then when you use the chemical product that's yeah. got a really you strong smell you just have to rinse it out really you well rinse it out really rinse well, really well. Yeah. okay two movies for us The Wonder and Enola Holmes let's take a trailer from Wonder are you feeling well in yourself Anna very well father thank you what right does a stranger have to come between a child and his people? I'm here to find out the truth. Jesus may save you. I am begging you, you must stop the watch. It was a terrible mistake to bring a nurse here. An English nurse. Will you help me? This bridge is blood. You don't understand us. Forgive me. Anyone can be told. Oh, this is a shivers down my spine already. I can hear all the Irish accents. This is one of these psychological thrillers, is it? It's a psychological drama, yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah, it's um, it's Ireland in 1862, which is about 10 years after the, the end of the famine, although the famine is still very much part of people's lives. And you can, you can feel that all the time as you're you're watching this film. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a very strange and inter- in, in, interesting film. I know it won't be to everybody's taste because it is yeah. very very slow moving indeed and, and creepy. De- yeah, and it deals with kind of um, a part of Ireland that maybe part of us really wish never existed, but in, in, on occasions, unfortunately, still rears its ugly head and uh, is still out there. You know, this kind of uh, religious kind of hysteria, and uh, it still happens yeah, every now and then. And even though this is uh, uh, based in the eighteen, uh, you know, sixty two, um, it's still very much kind of a part of our lives uh, today with uh, some people uh, uh, in this country as well. Um, and it's about this young girl who hasn't eaten for um, four months. 
and um, and she's perfectly healthy. So what they decide to do is they decide to bring in this uh, English nurse who has worked with Florence Nightingale and comes with a very, very good reputation. And uh, this is played by Florence Pugh. And uh, the local kind of council decide that, look, we want you to kind of find out exactly what's going on here. You know, is, is this a miracle? Is she a saint? Or is there something uh, underhand going on here? But the problem is, is that when Florence Pugh does arrive, she does come up against this kind of attitude where they're almost desperate that the girl is um, a living saint a living saint because it's almost that's exactly what they want so she comes up against this kind of um, this kind of negativity constantly as well as you know the fact that she's english uh, she's got to deal with that uh, she's got to deal with the fact that um, you know that the young girl believes herself that in fact uh, she is surviving through what she calls manna from heaven. Um, I mean, the local doctor, uh, for example, played by Toby Jones, whose Irish accent is a bit on the dodgy side. Okay. Even he has this kind of silly kind of theory that she gets her energy from the sun, and that's how uh, she uh, manages uh, to uh, survive. So the film is about this kind of relationship between Florence Pugh and this young girl, played by um, um, Anna O'Donnell. Uh, who plays the character of Anna O'Donnell. It's uh, Keila Lord Cassidy is her name. And her mum is in this film as well. Her mum actually plays her mum in this film. And they're both extraordinary. They really are. And Florence Pugh, I mean, every time I see her on screen, I mean, she just excites me every time I see her. I think she thinks she's a really, really quite extraordinary. Um, it's a directed by a guy, by the, a Chilean director by the name of uh, Sebastian Lilio, who makes a lot of women that kind of um, portray a lot of very strong women. And uh, it's from Emma O'Donoghue, from her book. Uh, she's also wrote, written the screenplay. She also wrote the screenplay to the film uh, Room, you might remember with yeah, Brie Larson. Room, yeah. yeah, And uh, Alice Birch has also helped out with the screenplay here. She wrote the screenplay to Lady Macbeth, which also featured Florence Pugh as well. So the film is about this relationship uh, between uh, these two women, as uh, Florence Pugh is desperate to try and find out what is going on here. Is she really a saint? Is there, you know, a religious aspect to all this? Or is there something else that not a hand? And, um, and it's a slow burner. I mean, it does take a long, long time to, uh, to you know, to pick up but I liked that about it you know I watch so many action movies this every week terrible action movies where I'm always saying just calm it down and let's have a you know more character driven film and this is what you have here it's not going to be for everybody it really isn't you and know. it is under two hours it is, it is quite long and yeah I mean unfortunately it is but uh, that goes you know for the fact that uh, that happens with a lot of these films uh, but and there were times when my concentration did wane ever so slightly mm. and it could have done with a bit better cutting uh, but you know, if you like this kind of thing if you like the you book I think you yeah, will love it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but it, it won't be for everybody. Mark it out of ten. I'll give it seven. Seven out of ten. Okay, your second one is Enola Holmes. So the obvious question: anything to Sherlock? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the sequel. This is the second one. This is Enola Holmes two. I mean, they haven't given it a silly kind of a very complicated name. They just yeah. said this Enola is the second Holmes. one. Yeah, and I really really liked the first film. I thought it was absolutely terrific. You know, it was made during lockdown, and so you know there wasn't much on our TV screens throughout that whole time. And I thought it was really really great fun. It stars Millie Bobby Brown, who is a terrific again, like Florence Pugh, is a terrific actress she yeah, really is she's, she's and stunning it, and in the first film when we found out about her uh, you know she is uh, the sister to Sherlock Holmes and Mycroft Holmes and uh, they of course dominate her life and uh, her mother has always kind of taught her no no you know you can be who you are you're as smart you're as intelligent as your brothers and you can outdo them and outsmart them as well uh, her mother here played by uh, Helena Bonham Carter who we don't see very much in the film because she's on the run from the police because she's this militant feminist <laughs> who keeps blowing up stuff constantly <laughs> Uh, but she has taught uh, Millie well. Because again, and we're talking the 1800s. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. And in this film, uh, Millie um, has decided to start up her own um, uh, private investigator firm, and uh, which initially doesn't really particularly work because every time people come in to hire her, they go, 
but you're a girl, you know. So one day this little girl comes in. She says, look, my sister um, is missing. Could you find her? Uh, and so that's when the, basically the story starts off again. Uh, the thing is that I think the first film, you know, had, was very bright and very breezy and it was a big budget film. Here, I think, I'm not sure, this is on Netflix. I'm not sure if Netflix, pay, you know, spent as much money on this. It's a bit stagier than uh, the other one. And my worry is that because there was great chemistry between her and Henry Cavill, who played Sherlock Holmes in the first film, my worry was, would they reduce her part and just, you know, feel as though as if they were under pressure to increase his part. And I think that has happened somewhat uh. here. And instead of it being her story, kind of the story tends to kind of revolve around her, which is a shame. It's still great fun. She breaks the fourth wall brilliantly. She's very funny. It's still really, really entertaining. And as uh, sequels go, you know, there's an awful lot worse out there. OK, and mark that one out of ten. I give that one eight. Eight. OK, that is Enola Holmes. OK, thanks for that, Mark. Have a lovely week. And uh, Mark will be back with us uh, next uh, week. Now, before I go, just uh, to remind you, I I did hear it on the news just to let you know that the mayor of the county of Cork, Danny Collins has opened a book of condolence in memory of uh, Vicky uh, Phelan, um, inviting members of the public to sign the book and join people from all over Ireland and beyond in honouring Vicky's legacy as an inspiring campaigner for women's health while facing her own illness with dignity. Now, the book of condolence is available for signing in the Cork County Hall, but I'm very conscious and aware that not everybody can perhaps make it into the city during opening hours in, in order to sign it. And obviously the mayor... Uh, Councillor Danny Collins is aware of that as well. So they've put the book of condolences up online and you can sign the book of condolence by visiting corkcoco.ie and you can uh, put your words of that will and then it will all go on to the uh, Vicky Phelan's family if you want to do that. So well done to everybody at Cork County Hall for making that available online. OK, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks as always to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Have a wonderful Wonderful weekend. We will be back with you on Monday morning at 10 on to the line. Patricia Messenger. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.